Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 293, air date May 4th, 2018. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Dr. Shiva, uh, tell us a little bit about your challenging Elizabeth Warren for Senate in Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm challenging her. I'm running as an independent because in Massachusetts, both parties are one. Essentially, it's the Democratic Party with two faces on it. The party of Lincoln, you know, uh, has been dead in Massachusetts for a long time. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is a face of that, which is a face of hypocrisy. You know, I'm, our campaign is essentially running on a very, very powerful uh, slogan, which is only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. <laughs> which is, when you say Indian, you mean of uh, from from the country of India, not Native American. Well, you know, when I say that, that that slogan has many, many layers. <laughs> one is the apparent one about <clears throat> a person who's stolen identity, the person who has no integrity. But it goes deeper into the fact that I view the fact that most of us, uh, you know, if you look at everyday people, in some ways are on some type of reservation. Now, not only the Native Americans, but uh, both of these parties, both of the establishment parties have essentially created the biggest income inequality. They've essentially created a centralized government and essentially made us all second class citizens. Mm-hmm. And that theme is resonating very deeply following essentially the Trump win in 2016, because I think people are recognizing that there's a, a, a movement uh, against the establishment and against a centralized state. So that's what it really is about. Now, people laugh at the slogan. They don't know why they're exactly laughing, right? But there's a lot of depth to that slogan, which really exposes the hypocrisy of all of these career politicians. And you know, Warren being the ultimate example of it. So you were using that slogan because, I mean, seriously, Elizabeth Warren is ridiculous for that slogan. I mean, I'm not offended by it other than people on the left would be so offended by it. So there's a level of hypocrisy that really frustrates me. Uh, but you using that slogan... Uh, offended so many people you were told you had to remove that sign well you see the thing is it doesn't offend a lot of people it's a vocal minority right we have people we have a i have a building in cambridge which i've owned for almost 20 years i pay almost seventy five thousand dollars a year in property taxes the building has no signage last march uh, a bunch of students and local citizens took an old school bus they refurbished it for us as our campaign bus the initial slogan on the bus was shiva be the light right Two months later, we changed the slogan to Shiva Fight for America. That was on there for a year. The beginning of March or the middle of March, the slogan was changed to only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. That's when we got (laughs) anonymous complaints. And that's when the city said we needed to remove the slogan. So that was on April 5th. And we looked at it and we realized that what they were doing was trying to set us up. And by the way, they said we'd be charged $300 a day. So we decided to proactively file a federal lawsuit against them in court for violation of the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment and also the Massachusetts Constitution. So bottom line, you see, that's a, a controlling speech because they didn't have any issue with the two other slogans. And then the, and the letter came from the building inspector. The sign isn't even on a building. It's on a mobile vehicle. So we're defending essentially one of the most important rights that we as Americans have, you know, next to the Second Amendment, which is the First Amendment. So uh, I think we really got them. Uh, in, a, in a very, very interesting situation because the liberals in Cambridge who claim that they stand for diversity, inclusivity of thought, blah, blah, blah. And it shows that they're, you know, complete nonsense because what they want is they want to control their type of thought, right? Um, and the issue, and the thing is, uh, we have people walk by the building. Thousands of people are now taking pictures. A couple of weeks ago, we had a Harvard professor walk by 
And he said, I love that sign. I go, what do you teach? He goes, I'm the head of the psychology department. He goes, that is a great slogan. It is. I so, mean, and it doesn't matter who you support or whatever. You make a great point. Yeah. See, the thing is, the discussion of race in America has been so controlled by an aristocracy of elites. We haven't even begun to discuss race. They keep uh, discussing race as though calling people names. The reality is, I have so many people, people of color who live in Texas and Mississippi, you come to Massachusetts, they say this is one of the most racist states. Because, Absolutely. Most of that racism is perpetrated by white liberals. We're not talking about, you know, quote unquote, rednecks, right? We're talking about white liberals who have very, very elitist notions of what racism is. Elizabeth Warren is a racist. Think about it. In my definition, my book, racism is someone who uses race to exploit it for their own advantage. That's what Elizabeth Warren did. She said she was a Native American to get into, get a job at Harvard, which is, by the way, Harvard is a $40 billion hedge fund. It's a fake university. It runs off Wall Street, which is what funds her 40, 450K salary. She's never said anything against them. That's racism. So the liberals don't know what to do with me because you're looking at a dark-skinned Indian guy who came from nothing from India, experienced in all sorts of caste system in India. Uh, I've fought against, quote-unquote, racism all my life, and here I'm exposing their racism because they're the real racists. Well, they also conflate race, racial, um, uh, racist with racial, that there are plenty exactly. of things that are racial that we talk about. It doesn't mean they're offensive, troubling, keeping somebody down. It just happens to be racial. Yeah, the other thing is, you see, the thing is, the, 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 the liberal elite have essentially, they, they essentially manipulate the discussion. They think changing the name of some institution, right, stopping using certain words or solving racism. Meanwhile, they never address the fundamental economic issues because they never want to address that because they want to create race war. Because by creating race wars, how they create different electorate groups for themselves. And this is both wings of the establishment, right? Uh, if you look at the whole thing that just happened with the city of Cambridge, every newspaper covered that. You guys got a hold of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Daily Mail in, in, in London got a hold of it. The two newspapers that did not cover it were the two leading Boston newspapers, the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald. The, the Globe only covered it after, you know, six days because hmm. they don't want to give us any visibility and they want to control the dialogue on this issue. So it's fascinating to watch um, this issue of, quote unquote, racism, right? Who controls that dialogue? And I want to bust it all up and get to the heart of it, which is economic. When right. you go down to the economic issues in Massachusetts, for example, in the midst of all the so-called diversity and inclusivity, you know what the average net worth of a black person is in Massachusetts and Boston in particular? It's eight dollars. Eight dollars. Wow. So in, in all of this stuff that they've supposedly done, they've essentially created a deeper form of segregation. You don't have that in Texas. You don't have that in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Right. We, that's what's been created in Massachusetts among the center of the elitist academic institutions, which perpetuate racism. Right. And that economic gate swings both ways. I mean, it works for you or against you. We know that, yes, yeah, some people many years ago 
were uh, part of a more racist system and it kept minorities in poverty and that was just kind of the standard. Then you have the the progressives that set up this system to help them, which just enslaves them more economically because they're always dependent upon the government. And then we know that economics is the real problem. You want to free people, whether it's people that are, you know, primarily one color or one race or poor because they live in a certain area of America like uh, Alabama or West Virginia. You want to free them. What to do is fix the economy. Get out of the way and give people opportunities. Skills. You know, look, uh, my great-grandfather, you know, is a very frugal guy. He's a farmer. But he would spend money on education, meaning real skills. So in Massachusetts and pretty much in this country, for example, Massachusetts, it's fascinating. For every 17 skilled high-tech job openings, only one person is skilled to take that. So what we've done here is that we do not produce skilled labor anymore. We have taken kids and told them to go to these universities where they study, I don't know, the anthropology of aardvarks, right? Right. They take on a, a, a predatory student loan. Right. They exit with a massive loan. They're useless. Um, and the solution to that is more Votech schools. Look, I went to MIT, did a bunch of degrees there, but MIT is fundamentally a high-tech Votech school. Before I came to MIT, I was fortunate with a mentor to learn programming. So I didn't even need to go to MIT, but I had a skill. So we need to get back into Votech schools, put a couple of Votech schools and do apprenticeships in all of these yes. income areas. And then you'll rise up people, get people off welfare and teach them skills. But the Democrats and the Republicans, by the way, play each other off. They do not want to get people off the plantation. They want to keep people on the plantation so they can get votes for them. That's why they support illegal immigration. They do not want to build a skills base mm. of this country. So it, it's very, very engineered from, you know, from, from the establishment's perspective because they don't care about this country anymore. What they do care about is moving money around, right, putting this country into debt and not creating real value. And value comes from skilled labor. It's so fundamental. You know, go back to fundamental. Uh, it's people who create value. Skilled people create real value. Well, Dr. Shiva, um, speaking of skills, you have one amazing skill is you invented email that's right so i invented the world you know how it is yeah i and the thing is the invention of email is it is an incredible journey it's an american story because i came from india as a seven-year-old kid knew that india had very little to offer that's when my parents left so i was very motivated you know i did well in sports wasn't just a nerd by the time i was 14 i finished calculus and i got this unique opportunity one among 40 kids to go to nyu at the age of 14, in a very special program with that, where I learned skills. I learned seven computer languages. This is in 1978, you know, when a computer would fill up a huge room. Yeah. After that, I had to finish some high school classes, but I got a full-time job working in Newark, New Jersey, okay? Which is a lot of people would be afraid to go into Newark, yeah. <laughs> New York those days and still are. And in that, in that city, there was a small medical college where I was given the job of converting the old inner office mail system you guys, anyone over the age of 40 remembers many organizations had two ways of communicating. You know, the landline phone, mm-hmm. and every office had a secretary who on her desk, always a woman, had a typewriter with the inbox, outbox, folders, mm-hmm. the trash can underneath, paper clips on her desk, and she would write a thing called a memo to, from, subject, literally make carbon paper with carbon copies. I converted that entire system of communication to the electronic version, wrote 50,000 lines of code, called it email 
coined the term, term had never been used before. And then two years later, I got the first U.S. copyright for it, officially recognizing me as the inventor of email. That's what happened in 1978 to 80, 1980. Forgot about it. Went to MIT, uh, did a bunch of degrees. Uh, six years ago, when my mom was dying in a suitcase, she had left all of the artifacts. Time magazine looked at it. The only uh, organization went through it and wrote an article called The Man Who Invented Email in November 2011. Then it went into the Smithsonian in 2012. A Washington Post reporter wrote a great article saying, V.A. Shiva Ayodre honored as the inventor of email. And that's when the proverbial S hits the fan. When a bunch of the white liberal intellectual elite, it was like a skull, new skull was found in Africa. Because the fact that email was not done at MIT, not done at Silicon Valley, it was done by a 14-year-old American boy in Newark, throws a wrench into this deeper narrative mm-hmm. that in order to be an innovator, you've got to go to the big elite institutions. The fact is there's a lot of smart people in this country. By the way, TV was invented by a 14-year-old boy in Franklin, Idaho. Yep. So yep. the deeper narrative is where does innovation come from? And the military-industrial complex, which Eisenhower talked about, keeps brainwashing Americans that we have to fund war and we should be so thankful we get Velcro and Tang out of it, right? Which, by the way, <laughs> out of military. Right, the truth is that innovation can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. And what we've done now is we've created these bogus centers of innovation like Silicon Valley, including the MIT area, which frankly produces incestuous innovation. They're not, they haven't really created anything great yet, but the great innovation occurs by everyday people like that 14-year-old boy in Newark, working with people solving problems. You see, I wasn't doing military messaging. I'm not saying I invented text messaging. I invented email, which was a way to help secretaries. Those were my customers. So I know a lot about where innovation comes from. It comes from solving real problems, and we need to unleash that across America, not only in these, cent- quote-unquote, centers of innovation. Doctor, you, you... that's what the establishment likes to do, right? They like to determine who's intelligent and who isn't. They've created a neo-caste system, which is what my parents escaped India from. Now, you are exactly the type of candidate we want, and uh, so far what I'm hearing I absolutely love, and it's frustrating when I hear you created spam, because I hate it so much <laughs> that it's very frustrating that you created, you're the one who is responsible for all the spam I have to go through. Yeah, I think the big opportunity we have in Massachusetts is, I think that Trump win, uh, if you really look at it was people in this country rising up um, and recognizing that the real issues were not being addressed by both parties. So Trump is not a Republican or a Democrat. He hijacked the Republican Party. He did it, you know, brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very unlikely they'll let anyone ever do that again. But, you know, he was, I think he was running on the Reform Party before that. But in Massachusetts, I think in this country, this election is going to be the most historic one because the left and the quote-unquote right have always pitted blacks and whites against each other. Massachusetts being an, uh, an, a prime example. My running here is to run as an independent and beat Warren, and we figured out how to do it. We know how to beat her and to expose the fact that this country was not supposed to be for quote-unquote Republicans and Democrats. It was supposed to be a government by the people for the people. It was supposed to be us independent-minded people running. And you know what, Doctor? More, I've said this over and over in the air. There, we have more things in common, even with those people we argue with online. Most of us understand some basic common principles about balancing your budget and stuff like that that exactly. we just will not do. And by we, I mean government will not. Well, the thing is, you said, you see, politicians need to separate people, right, so they can create voting blocks. But there are so many issues we all agree on. Number one, we all 
believe, whether it's left or right, clean food, right? Yep. Uh, Monsanto single-handedly has destroyed the food supply of this country. It's not a left or right issue. I was one of the first scientists to expose that. Isn't it interesting that Elizabeth Warren voted for the Monsanto Protection Act? It makes it very difficult for us to sue them. And both Republicans and Democrats take money from this company, which produces herbicides, which destroy our liver, cause cancer, which produces genetically engineering food, which has no safety assessment standards. Right. So that's not a left or right issue. Another issue is term limits. Every American, 80, 85 percent of Americans want term limits. The only one who doesn't want it are career politicians in the Supreme Court, which said term limits are unconstitutional. Well, they have no term limits. Uh, what, what person in America does not want us to get really good skills, you say, and lower the cost of health care? So every, the left and the right debate Romney care, Obamacare, but they never address the cost issue. We need to lower the cost. A 50-cent hamburger is being sold for $500,000. That's what healthcare <laughs> right. is. Hey, Dr. Shiva, before I, before I forget, how can people find out more about you? Uh, go to Shiva, S-H-I-V-A, numeral 4, Senate.com. Shiva4Senate.com. My Twitter is V-A, V as in Victor A, underscore Shiva. And uh, give us whatever you can. Uh, help us make phone calls. But, you know, people should declare their independence. That's what this country is about. We should stand up on our own two feet. Shiva for Senate. All right. What we'll do is we'll tweet out a link to that. Let us know whatever we could do to help you out. We'll uh, we'll have you back on um, in the coming weeks or whatever to hopefully give you some more exposure because I think I think you got the right ideas. I think uh, we need more people like you. That's 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 what we've been missing. People who have a, a a full understanding and then also are willing to call people out. So, Dr. Shiva, thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. All right, Thank Dr. You. Shiva Iyendure. Awesome. He's, Aside he's, from him responsible for all the spam that I get, all that problem thing, all that problem that he's created. <laughs> so I think most people are like, hey, he created email. And I'm like, damn it. This guy created email. You know, he took a jab at me. No, think about that. That's amazing. What, on Twitter? No, on now. What did he say? Tang. Really? Oh, dude, he didn't do it at you, but he's right. <laughs> you see what he's saying, though? We've given all yeah, this to NASA, and it's amazing. Yeah. And listen, and NASA has done some awesome stuff, but... The ultimate accomplishments, man on the moon. What do we get for it? It's cool. It's great. They've explored. But don't you think the private sector could do it? Look at Elon Musk, right? Elon Musk. He just So you can't conflate the, hey, I like space with NASA doing this. Wright Brothers, yeah. right? No In fact, government. the government was working on flight at the time. Wright Brothers beat them to it. They didn't know anything about flight. They built uh, bicycles. bicycles. Dayton, yeah. Ohio. Come on, man. Yeah, Dr. Shiva's legit. I like it. He's good, yeah. solid. And I like that he's willing to call people out on stuff oh, like yes. that and play the race game. And double down on the fake Indian. Double down and, and, and play it. That's how you play the race game. Is It's not hiding. It's not uh, making people more sensitive. It's desensitizing Well, we it. know he has the facts. When he said that the black person is worth $8 in that state. Something wrong. How can you go back and say, racist? You can't. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag, what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.